0: and welcome to the All Purpose NFL Podcast. I'm your host AP with my co-host Willie Wheeler III. We're gonna go ahead and get right into it and talk about Urban Meyer. So for context, me and Willie record on Wednesdays. The timeline of Urban Meyer being fired is hilarious for how this all worked out. So the Sunday... Prior to his firing, they lose to the Titans. He gives Mike Vrabel one of the weakest handshakes I've ever seen. He just looked wholly disinterested. Prior to that week, the stories had come out about how he was talking to his other coaches and all that stuff, the problems that he had had with Marvin Jones and James Robinson, Trevor Lawrence, all these types of things. So Tuesday, Sean Khan came out and was like, we're not going to rush anything. It'll be all right. We're going to take our time. I called Willie and I was like, hey, I know we already kind of figured out what topics we want to talk about. Do you want to talk about Urban Meyer? We was like, ah, uh, he probably won't be let go to the end of the season. We can probably get to it later. I was like, that makes sense. Cool. So we record on Wednesday night, woke up the next morning. Urban Meyer has been fired. And it was so very funny. Oh, what I forgot to mention was on Wednesday, the story came out about him coming up to the former kicker for the team during the preseason and telling him to make his kicks and kicking him. And when Josh Limbo was like, I'll play like that, he was like, I'm the head ball coach. I can do what I want and he did do what he wanted until he got fired later that day. What's more, Willie, I don't know if you've heard about this, but the Jaguars have come out and said that they do not plan on paying out his contract because they fired him with cause. So in all of that, this was one of the worst decisions that the Jaguars could have made. Me and Willie have talked about it. We have both said that Urban Meyer should never have been hired. My biggest reason was I didn't think that there was anything that Urban was going to bring that was so revolutionary or so different. Um, I was not a fan of Cliff Kingsbury being hired, but he has brought his system to the NFL with his system quarterback in Kyler Murray. And it seems to be working when Kyler is healthy and the other team members are healthy. They are currently in a slump, primarily because Kyler is coming off of injury. They faced some pretty good teams, and D-Hop is hurt. But in all of that, Urban Meyer just, it didn't seem to work. And Monty Jones said this, and it was something that stuck with me over the course of the season, was that Urban Meyer is a winner, and not necessarily in the best type of way he didn't have success sometimes at ohio state and it didn't work for him and he was very frustrated and bothered and set off by it and that was when he was arguably one of the best three to five coaches in the country and his team was consistently a college football playoff team if they lost more than one game it was considered a failure and you're going to a league where losing five games is considered a decent season. If you go 11 and five, you've had a good season. And Urban Meyer just—he looked like he was struggling in the preseason when he would lose. And he went to a bad organization. At this point, the Jaguars are probably going to have the number one pick again coming off a year where you drafted your guy at quarterback with the number 1 overall pick and you're you're so bad as an organization you are drafting at number 1 again. That says something about what you're walking into and the idea that Urban Meyer walked into this and was like, "Oh, I'm going to make this work even though I suck at losing and it drives me up a wall," was just nonsensical. And I have never seen a coach look more miserable while being the coach of an NFL team. I've never seen someone look that miserable. I was talking to Willie when it happened. I was like, Dan Campbell, for being the coach that he is and for his team being, I think they were 1-11-1 at the time. He doesn't look miserable. He doesn't look like this is the most dreadful thing in the world. He looks unhappy with the fact that his team is losing, but he doesn't look miserable. Robert Sala, another example. He doesn't look happy, but he does not look miserable. Urban Meyer looked like you stole and shot his puppy in front of him. It was time for him to go. I told Willie during that time frame, there was no way that you could keep him past this season. The money was always going to be an issue, but there was no way to keep him for everything that had happened during his tenure as the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars.
1: I didn't expect it to happen this soon, but Will, what are your thoughts? I don't think the man tried. I, like I told you before, I thought this was a straight up money grab completely. I don't think he had any intentions of finishing out his contract or his end of the bargain. And so, With that being said, I think he knew what would possibly get him fired. He probably knew he wasn't going to finish the season, given the lack of talent there. Now, granted, I don't think there's much talent there. I do think the team needs an overhaul, a culture shift, a culture change. I do believe those things. But I'll be honest, I don't think the man tried. You You see situations like you mentioned with Dan Campbell. The Lions play hard real hard. The Jets, I don't... Now, granted, the Jets have bloopers. They have a nice blooper reel. But I haven't seen them quit. It looks at the Lions, I mean, bad as they are, like they're going in the right direction. The Jets, I'm sorry, they're going to be fourth place for a while. Given the the division that they're in, considering Bill Belichick reloaded, considering Sean McDermott is still there considering Brian Flores is a damn good coach. I don't, I just, I'll be honest. I don't think he tried. I think he literally, like when he got offered, the, when he saw the Jags interview, he told his wife, hey, I'm going to go make us some real easy money real fast. I'll be gone for about a year. And she said, okay. Because let's call it what it is. This has no effect on his legacy. He'll be completely forgotten about in the NFL, but he's going to go right back to doing Big Noon Saturday on Fox. He's going to go right back to doing that. No network is going to hesitate to call him for college football commentary. It is not going to, like, they're not going to hesitate. They're going to call him. Because at the end of the day, he had three rings in college football. He has three of them. Only one other person can say they got three rings.
0: So. I disagree on two points. I honestly believe, from everything that I've heard about Urban Meyer, from different podcasts and um, news sites and things like that, Urban Meyer, from what I understand, is a very prideful person. And he felt like he could do it. He felt like I'm going to get Trevor Lawrence and I am going to take the Jaguars to the ascended heights that I know that they can have because of me. I mean it goes to like what he said to his assistant coaches which in and of itself is really really dumb in the idea that he told his assistant coaches I'm a winner look at my resume what have y'all done to deserve the spot that you have on this team. The problem is, sir, you hired them. So if they aren't winners, why did you hire them?
2: Yeah. But also,
0: like I honestly believe he thought he could do it. He thought, The NFL is not as hard as it seems. I'm going to have the biggest quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck, who has generational talent and is going to come in and make things happen at a level that has not been seen before. As such, and I am Urban Meyer. Just just listen to me follow my lead and we're going to take the thing to the next level. It's going to be amazing. And that didn't happen. I feel like as time progressed, his effort dropped off. I do believe that he got to a point where he wanted to be fired. So he was just kind of doing stuff, but I, I don't believe he went into it with the mindset of this is a money grab. I think he took it too far in what he did based on the idea that in getting fired, he got fired with cause so they don't owe him any money. Even the whole Josh Lambeau thing, he was cocky enough to believe that he could kick another man and that man was just going to accept it. But that also goes to the fact that Urban Meyer is a college coach. And he never had anything outside of college coach stuff. And so he got to control and do and say any and everything that he wanted to to his players. I would not be surprised if eventually we get some stories about how he mistreated his players. But because they win and they love him, they let it all go. The other thing that I disagree with is I don't think anybody's going to touch him, at least for a year. Because it it wasn't that he got fired in a, he just isn't cutting it in the NFL. All of these stories, all of this stuff that has gone around and been a part of the problems for this year have compounded onto him not being someone you necessarily want to keep around. Does this affect his overall legacy? Not really. He will still go down as one of the greatest college football coaches of all time. But at this point, I don't want you around for what? Like there is nothing that urban Meyer is going to bring to a booth that's going to benefit anyone at the point that he left big noon Saturday and went to go coach and they had to move on without him. I don't think that there's a reason to bring him back just for the sake of, well, you know, we really love urban urban. Got to take some time off because we haven't forgotten that um, You put your hands on another man. You talk crazy to uh, players and you was out at your bar with a young lady grinding up on you. Which, Willie, I want to point something out to you. Willie, he was at the Urban Meyer Steakhouse and Bar. I don't know if that's the actual name, but that let's go with that. He was at the Urban Meyer Steakhouse and Bar. You remember the Coach Cal Steakhouse yeah. that was on Poplar? Yeah, I remember that. So that's is. His name is on the door.
1: He benefits and he pays for that. Willie, how did that video get out? Because everybody around you that ain't it's not for you,
0: but but that that's the problem. Thing. Do you think that if that happened at the Coach K steakhouse in Carolina, that video's getting out?
1: I don't think Coach K would put himself in that position, but if he did, do you think that at his bar no, that video's getting out? No. Not at Coach K, not at Coach Saban, not at um, at Coach Dabo's, um, none none of those guys. You make it to that level, nah,
0: nah. And so what the person said was, this speaks to how your people think of you. If you got this going on, you in the bar, you got somebody grinding on you, we all know you married. Ain't nobody looking out for you like that? Like, there is nobody that is a part of your team, nobody on the wait staff that we all understand, this is Coach Meyer. We take care of Coach Meyer. So if he got something going on, I need y'all to be watchful. Make sure if anything is going on, ain't nobody uh, trying to take advantage of this. But that's not what happened. That video made it out. And wasn't it multiple videos, really?
1: I believe it was multiple videos. Yes.
0: Yes. It compounds on the idea that he's not a likable guy. He's not someone that people are invested in trying to help. And his arrogance seems to be a major problem, even with the idea that, like, he didn't like James Robinson, so he decided to bench him and not play him. But it it didn't dawn on me till later that, Willie, why did they draft Travis you?
1: Teammate of Trevor Lawrence.
0: You already have a running back who had a 1,000-yard rushing season.
1: Well, considering this is, what I, this is what I read, a little bit of what I was read was that he was supposed to be a tweener where you could feel comfortable using him at wideout along with spelling James Robinson. That's how it was supposed to go. We both know it did not end up that way.
0: But, yeah, they picked Travis Etienne. They didn't trade up for him. It was the Rams pick, so it was a viable pick. I feel like they could have gone a different direction, but they chose not to. I mean, for drafting ETN, Rashad Bateman was still available. Elijah Moore was still available. Rondell Moore was still available. Like With the idea being ETN is a in-between type of guy, go get a wide receiver. And so he's gone. Good riddance. I I can honestly say I didn't expect it to end as soon as it did when they hired him. After seeing him in action and the general feelings that I got, not surprised that they got rid of him. I figured they would wait till the end of the year like we talked about. But It was another knock on an organization that has a horrible track record when it comes to head coaches and success. And what's worse is they haven't had bad players. They haven't always been a bad team, but they are consistently a bottom-dwelling, piss-poor organization as a whole. And so... At this point, they have started looking at jobs. They have started looking at replacements for Urban Meyer. I saw today that Dan Quinn turned down an interview. I do not blame him. There are certain head coaching candidates that I want to get jobs. Those include Byron Leftwich, Eric B. Brian Dayball, Jim Caldwell. I don't want any of those guys to go to Jacksonville because I just don't see Jacksonville doing right by any of them and having any of them having the level of success that is required for them to maintain the job for an extended period of time. I look at Miami, and I was really, really concerned about Brian Flores and what they were going to be able to do this season. After losing seven games in a row, Brian Flores was like, don't worry. I'm still a good coach and proved it. Like you went from losing seven in a row to winning seven in a row. That is a feat. I just, I'm looking at the Jaguar shop and I don't want anyone that I believe in to take that job.
1: On that job in particular, I, I am proud of Dan Quinn. I think more coaches, should do that because I believe over the history of the NFL, not just the NFL, but also coaching in general, mainly with football, um, that coaches go to a bad situation and then they fail and then their reputation is in the toilet. I I, I really don't want anybody going to Jacksonville. <laughs> um, I don't. I'll I be I'll be totally honest. I don't. Um, because right now it's, it's not in a good spot. It's not in a good spot at all. Uh, I'm not advocating for, like, the league to take over or something like that, but at the same time, glad Dan Quinn evaluated the situation and said, no, That's that's not a good place for me to go. I'm good where I'm at right here. If another situation opens up, then maybe I'll look at that, but – I think coaches should decline more jobs. And I think if it does happen, it should become more public. I think that we will find out who gets the job and they are
0: going to go into a really interesting at best situation. You have what a lot of people believe is a quality quarterback who we will be able to see if with the right situation he grows He is going to his second offensive coordinator in his second year, um, which is never a good thing. Um, But overall, they don't have a lot of building blocks. They've gotten rid of a lot of pieces. They are most definitely in a rebuild that will take a few years to finish, especially considering their division and how it continues to grow. And so we will see what happens, but it's going to be very, very intriguing what happens with the Jacksonville Jaguars. The next thing we are going to talk about is Mr. Jimmy Garoppolo. Last week, he injured his thumb. This is a quote from ESPN.com. According to According to coach Kyle Shanahan, Garoppolo has a grade three sprain on the UCL in his right thumb, adding that reports of a fractured stem from the fact that the sprain pulled off a fleck of his bone. Shanahan said Garoppolo doesn't need surgery and insists that it's the sprain that has Garoppolo's status in doubt for Sunday. With that being said, um, Mr. Wheeler, you presented the question to me if Garoppolo has played his last snap as a 49er. So I
1: yield the floor to you, sir. What are your thoughts? Hmm. I don't believe he's played his last game. I believe if their record was different, then yes. I do believe that Jimmy understands that he is auditioning for 31 other teams, not literally, but he's auditioning for other teams right now, and he needs to show that he can actually finish a season. So I believe he will continue to play, but also I do believe that the 49ers and Jimmy may have came to an agreement to protect Jimmy. So if his play does flounder even further than what the abysmal performance that we saw on Thursday, then there's a reason why. There's an explanation why. If we have to transfer to Trey Lance, sometime this season. Oh, there's a reason why Jimmy's hurt. Now granted, I I watched the game Thursday. I did not see any report about something bothering his thumb whatsoever. Did not hear anything. Post game did not hear anything. So it leaves me wondering, where did this come from?
0: So, here's what I can tell you. I saw the specific play. It was third down with about three minutes, about four minutes left in the second quarter. Danico and Autry sacked him. And when they showed the replay, I saw where he could have really injured his thumb. And it sounded like what happened was, from the earlier report that I read, He went over and was like, ah, I think I jammed my thumb, but I can play through it. And he tried to. And I don't know if you remember what the first play that Jimmy actually got to run after that was. But it was the beginning of it was their first drive of the third quarter where he threw that super ugly pick.
1: Yes, I remember that because the ball was high and behind Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel was going on, on a uh, – I think he was on an in route, hit it towards the sideline. Ball went behind and high Debo Samuel. Debo Samuels looking where the ball – where is it going? Uh, ball went straight to Hooker, literally straight to him.
0: That ball came out ugly. Like watching the replay – like I watched the replay again today it looked like he lost control of Greg Olson in that moment talked about how Jimmy was not seeing the field good and he did it, but also watching it and understanding the injury that he had now, it looked like the ball just got out of his hand because he, it didn't hit right. So I'm not saying you're wrong with the idea being that Maybe they're trying to protect him and make it sound good. But that play alone made me think, oh, he might actually be hurt. Not necessarily that it's broken, but it's messed up. Um, I believe that he will be, he won't be the starter this week. I believe that at this point, what they will do is send Trey out there. If Trey does well, they won't have a need for Jimmy. And if they don't have a need for Jimmy this week, they won't have a need for Jimmy next week. And when they make it to the playoffs, I think it will be a decision of how good is Trey playing right now and should we go back to Jimmy? Because let's not forget that Jimmy threw an interception in the playoffs a couple of years ago and they didn't throw the ball again. So it's not as if Kyle Shanahan has this great belief in his quarterback. As such, we are very much looking at a situation where I I believe that there's a very real chance that Jimmy has played his last snap as a 49
1: um, I will say this. I know somebody in particular wanted that to be his last game as a 49 Who? Mr. John Lynch. Who happened to like a tweet saying, leave Jimmy in Nashville. He Uh had to come back and make a statement saying, I accidentally liked that tweet. I saw that. I don't know how you accidentally like a tweet. I do. Now, granted, if you accidentally, you can also unaccidentally unlike it.
2: I think he did.
1: But for you to magically land on that after he, by all occasions injury or not, blew the game, it shows what you're really thinking. And that's so, and it's okay to think that. Understanding his position, he cannot think that publicly. But it's okay to think that.
0: I agree. Like I, here's what I would say: I am not surprised if he act if he accidentally liked the tweet. I would not be surprised. Because I've used Twitter on my phone. I have the app. I can see how you make that mistake. In that same token, it's just, it's just not a good look. There's no, no way to get around it. Um, but yeah, I think that
2: Jimmy G probably has
0: played his last snap. And he will be traded at some point prior to the draft. Um, I do believe that he will go to a team that is in need of a quarterback, but I don't know what team is in need of a quarterback that will honestly put faith in Jimmy. I can say this, and we've talked about this multiple times over the course of this season as a Steelers fan who is ready to get rid of Ben Roethlisberger. I would not be mad at having Jimmy. And I think you're Well, hear me out. Hear me out. I wouldn't, I'm not like, ooh, give me Jimmy Garoppolo. I want Jimmy Garoppolo. But I've seen Jimmy Garoppolo with a good defense, a good running back, and a good wide receiving core. At the end of the day, they haven't had the same level of success this year, but they are very much in the playoff hunt. With two games left in the season, they're they're 8 and 7 with a very real chance of going 10 and 7. And Jimmy has played a significant chunk of those games. Um, again, I will at no point say that Jimmy Garoppolo is someone that I am angling for. If I had a choice, I would select Derek Carr. Um, but if if all I was left with was Jimmy Garoppolo, I would be okay with that. he's He's younger. He's not as prone to make the being mistakes. and if we and we discussed this recently, he's an elite level game manager. And our definition of that of an elite level game manager, the best way to put it is, he is someone who can go win you the game. You just don't want to have to put it in his hands to do it.
1: And hey, i say this. Pittsburgh, if you're going to go get Jimmy Garoppolo, go get Mitchell Trubisky at the same time. Because you're going to need a backup quarterback, and let's be real, you don't have one on the roster. Go get the best backup in football. If you're going to go get Jimmy G. Because you know what comes with Jimmy G. Now, granted, I believe their priority, given how the team is currently constructed, Aaron Rodgers on, Russell Wilson two, trade for Derrick Carr three. That should be their priority.
0: I don't feel like Russell Wilson will come to Pittsburgh. You brought Mitchell Trubisky up. I'll be intrigued to see what kind of contract he gets next year because he's on a one-year deal for 2.5. I expect him to make at least five next year, if not more.
1: Yes, yes. Um, but this, but, yeah, my belief with Jimmy within it, if you don't have a strong backup and if you want Jimmy to be your starter, have a strong backup. Not Mike Glennon, that, that's not going to cut it. Not Jake Fromm, no, that's not going to cut it. Go get the best backup available because you're going to need them.
0: I would agree with it. It's weird because this is his worst season so far as a starter. And it's just weird to think about the idea that we are actively talking about getting rid of a guy who, when he's healthy, actually does pretty well. It's just a matter of, you know, him actually being healthy. Yeah, that part. I do believe that at the end of this season, we will come back and we will have to talk about whether or not Jimmy G played another snap in the regular season for the San Francisco 49ers. So last segment of this week is going to be which NFL team needs home field advantage the most. So when I looked at it, we have in the NFC, the Cowboys, the Packers, the Buccaneers, and the Rams are still actively vying for the number one seed. In the AFC, it's the Kansas City Chiefs and the Tennessee Titans that are still actively vying for that number one spot. As such, we are going to make a decision on which teams we feel like need that number one spot the most. I will go first. I think it's the Titans. I I honestly believe that at this point, without Derrick Henry, they are the team that needs the most help that are in this position. Um, do I think that they will get home field advantage? Absolutely not. Um, however, when I look at those six teams that I mentioned, they're the only ones that I look at and I'm like, I don't think you want to try and win on the road at all. It's just, you don't want to take this, this, this ride. You really, really don't. And y'all have not been good when it, at all this year. Like, there's been some really good highs, but there have been some really low, really low lows. Like, you beat the Bills and the Chiefs both at home already this year. You beat the Rams at the Rams, but you lost to the Texans. You lost at the Patriots. You lost at the Steelers. You did beat the 49ers at home. So at this point, I honestly believe that of the six teams that are vying for an actual home field advantage, the Tennessee Titans are the ones that actually need it the most despite being the team that I honestly feel like has the least chance of actually getting there.
1: LAP, math is going to surprise you. Um... It's actually the team that under their current quarterback has never played a road playoff game. That's kind oh, of the sense. Packers. No. Oh, no. The Chiefs. The Chiefs. Aaron Rodgers lost too many times at all. <clears throat> so I, He's already ruled out. Even if he gets home field ruled out, no. The Rams, I don't really consider it a home field advantage. I think if Dallas had to go there by some weird way, um, I think the Cowboy fans will overpower the Rams fans. I don't consider the Rams ever having home field. Uh, I look at Tampa Bay. I want to say it's Tampa Bay because they have a lot of injuries. They have a... Leonard like Fournette on IR, who has got when they coming back. Mike Evans hurt his hamstring. They're falling apart while teams are getting better. But they still got 12. And even though he's in the doghouse right, right now, he's got, he still got 87. They can take their show on the road. Longest Brady avoids Jair Alexander at all costs. But there's somebody who has never played a road
2: playoff game. You need him, you need him to
1: stay at home. You need him to stay at home. Let's keep it that way. He don't know what that's like. He's been down 24 nothing before, but it was at home. 24 nothing at home and 24 nothing on the road are two different things. I feel like they need it the most. Cause he does, cause he only because he doesn't know. And Dallas would never even. They don't need it because their home stadium is not a home stadium. It's it's a palace. Like it's not a home stadium. Like everybody goes there to win. Like you want to win, go play at Dallas. I'd rather my team go on the road anyway, especially if I can get that AF the NFC title game of McCarthy versus Rogers. That'd be beautiful.
0: Oh, I don't think you're wrong. I will disagree on just this point. Um. The Cowboys have home field advantage in a lot of places that they go. Like Cowboys fans travel and they travel well, and so you're right. Going to the Rams is going to be a home game. Um, the only place you can go that won't necessarily be a home game is probably um,
1: Green Bay. Yes, yes. You, you're, you're not you're not out fanning Lambeau Field.
0: No. That that's the only one. But of the other viable options right now, like of the teams that currently have playoff spots clinched in the um NFC, you can go to Los Angeles and you gonna outrank them. You can go to Tampa Bay, you're gonna outrank them. You can go to Arizona, you're gonna outrank them. If Philly makes it in, you wouldn't outrank them, but Philly would probably be a home game. And Minnesota, but I think Minnesota is almost statistically out.
1: Now, granted, also, I think number-wise, they're still in to get a chance, but they're not going to get it. If I couldn't pick Kansas City, I would pick Arizona, only because you have a coach that's never been there. You have a quarterback that's never been in the playoffs. If anybody needs to be at home, it's
2: those guys. I agree. Well, that's interesting, Willie. Patrick Mahomes is twenty-five and six on the road all time. He's thrown
0: more. Uh, his <laughs> he's completed more passes. His completion percentage is better. He's thrown about 1,400 more yards. He's thrown 20 more touchdowns. He's only thrown one more interception. His quarterback rate is higher. His sacks are lower. His yards per game is higher on the road. He has more rushing touchdowns at home.
2: But he has more rushing yards on the road.
0: This man is better on the road.
1: (laughs) So you know what? He probably, the NFL needs him at home.
0: (laughs) No, because he's good at home, like Think about what we've seen from him at home in the playoffs.
1: (laughs) They say, look like this, they say the playoff football is different. And we all know what it is. When you just read those stats, I was like, man,
2: y'all
1: just, like, granted, even though I said at the beginning of the season, I said, ain't nobody beating number 15. And you know I stood on that. Ain't nobody beating number 15. (laughs) It kind of just drove home the point, ain't nobody really be number 15.
0: Patrick Mahomes has four interceptions in his postseason appearances. Those interceptions only happen at the Super Bowl.
1: <laughs> That's a bad time to be throwing interceptions still.
0: <laughs> like, this man has legitimately not thrown an interception in any AFC playoff game. He's six and two in the playoffs.
1: No, his, his two losses is to Brady. <laughs> his two losses are to the greatest quarterback who ever did it.
0: This man legitimately, like looking at this, just kind of solidifies why we think the way we think about Patrick Mahomes. He is that guy. And so, yes. Do you want him at home? Like I don't. Going back to the original question of, do they need to, the home field advantage? You kind of want him at home because he hasn't played on the road before, but you're also looking at it like, um. In his eight playoff games, he has two games with no touchdowns. The very first game against Indianapolis, which they won. Thirty-one to thirteen, and the Super Bowl last year.
1: Hello, dropped passes.
0: Yeah, because there were two that like hit hit the players in their hands in the face and would have been touchdowns. I I don't think you're wrong in saying Kansas City probably needs it the most. But if they go on the road, it's not like he plays worse there. <laughs> I like how we both pick AFC teams because none of those teams necessarily need home field advantage. We don't think that any of them can't win on the road. And, I mean, realistically, you mentioned Kansas City, and it wasn't that you felt like they couldn't win on the road. Your basis for the idea of Kansas City playing in the way that they do is is because Pat hasn't played on the road. But it's not that you don't have faith in him on the road.
2: Yeah, he's and, just never
0: done it. Yeah. He's just never seen it. But in the grand scheme of things, you have these four NFC teams that you don't necessarily look at them, any of them, and say home field advantage is going to help them. The only one that home field advantage honestly helps them is Green Bay And just what you said earlier, Aaron Rodgers has lost plenty of time at home. There is no part of playing at Green Bay, despite the aura and the mystique that Lambeau has, it doesn't actually stand up to the test of time over the course of the past, I would say 10 years as being somewhere that you can't go there and win. The only thing about it is, it's cold and sometimes snowy. So you're like, no, you don't want to play in that environment. But you can't. It ain't going to hurt you.
1: No. That, it, it can. They can be beat there. They can be had.
0: And so, yeah, you say the Chiefs, I say the Titans. We will see who ends up with home field advantage. And we will know by the time we hit the next podcast. But we are out of time for this week. This has been the All-Purpose NFL Podcast featuring Mr. Willie Wheeler. You can find us on social media at Pod. Also, you can find us on Apple Music, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening and have a go.